This is the one with a space bunny. Elizabeth the first. Elizabeth the second. Ginny Sandshoes and Grandad. No more graffiti. And 12 doctors. No, sir. 13. It's called The Day of the Doctor. Here we go. Whistle on our epic phrase. All through time and all through space. Whistle being an angel sound. Dalek Cyber Zood and wow. Counting Sonic's rating apps. From the poor to the sublime. Eccleston to Whittaker. Let's agree it's about time. Who back when? Reviewing on you who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna. Amy Pond. Rory Clara. And beyond. Join us on this side to see what other choice could there be. But who back when? Who back when? What ho, podcast land, and welcome to episode N103 of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Oh, Doc Pass! Hooray! I didn't have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Leon, and I am sitting here in the Who Back When studio with a lovely bunch of people. To my left, we have... Marie! Hello, Marie. Across from Marie, we have... Drew Back When! What ho, Drew Back When! And next to Drew Back When, we have... Jim! Hello, Jim! Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Feels like we were just here. Oh. We were just here. If we take less time to warm up than we normally do in an episode, or if we sound tipsier than we normally do at the start of an episode, it's because we just recorded our B058 episode, The Night of the Doctor, which if you haven't heard it yet, listen to it now. The 50th anniversary is upon us. Yes, not only that, but Who Back When has begun crossing its own time stream. <gasps> Whoa. Oh my goodness, you're right. Yes. yes. Are we going to see ourselves just like have a little cameo Back to the Future style in the background just walking past? I think they're at the window waving at us. Oh my goodness. No, no, they're waving from across the valley. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there only three of them? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right. But, but seriously, <laughs> Who Back When began in July... 2013 and we're now in november 2013 in this episode that is incredible we're gonna catch up we are gonna catch up with this show so soon Uh so soon (laughs) how's that three-year you know plan to have caught up going yeah so well hey all right stop (laughs) it that's the kind of attitudes (laughs) (laughs) all right it gets you not appearing on a hill Shall we jump into a uh, nice, concise, bite-sized chunk of who before we start this conversation for realsies? Defo! Time for us to synopsize, lurbify and summarize, so take a view and grab a brew and listen to this overview, this free-for-all we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who. Clara Oswald is a teacher riding motorbikes at high speed into stationary police boxes. Her friend, the Doctor, is a noted traveller with a part-time job at a secretive military agency. Her friend, the Doctor, also is courting Queen Elizabeth I, astride a metamorphic alien horse. And her friend, sort of the Doctor, is also about to annihilate two races to save the universe. Beast go over, you are welcome. 50th anniversary special. Woo! Woo (laughs) That actually was bite-size. Yeah, it was. Super bite-size. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because... Who knows of Doctor Who and hasn't seen this episode? Can there be anyone? Is anyone new to this by now? This was huge, wasn't it? This was the maximum level of hype Doctor Who has had since it came back. Yeah, that's true. And on that note, imagine the sucker who started watching Doctor Who with this episode. So there are young people that are coming at it afresh. That's true. That is very true. That is true. 
Didn't a lot of people just start watching with Jodie Whittaker? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a long break between uh, seasons and... Yeah. Many people died. Yes, I remember it. <laughs> many people died. <laughs> Most <laughs> so of many the old people generation. were suddenly old enough to watch this science fiction show. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and therefore, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that is a fair point. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Ignore me. Well, 50th anniversary. <laughs> 50th anniversary. So we get what at the very start? Part of the original intro sequence. Is that what you're referring to? Don't we get the, we get the original intro? Part of it, not. It's like an amalgam. It's very short. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's a... it's only a couple of clips from maybe the first or first two different intro sequences. Yeah. Uh, okay. Or maybe it's a recreation of it. I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, it's beautiful. And then black and white swirly. And moving from there to I am Foreman Scrapyard, the sign. Yeah. And Coal Hill School. I mean, is it's that, really returning to the roots. Is that how the first episode starts with a cover walking? Yeah. Towards camera. Yeah. yeah. And is it? Is is that? Past is Foreman. Coal Hill School in the original? Yeah. Yes, but. Is the scrapyard now Coal Hill School? <laughs> like, like, why are those two signs adjacent? Why? Yeah, she. It's she, like a, not a very safe place to put a scrapyard. Yeah. <laughs> so Susan Foreman, the doctor's granddaughter, she did attend Coal Hill School, and the TARDIS was parked in the scrapyard. Oh, mm. I see. Did you see who the chairman of the governors was at Coal Hill School in 2013? No. no. The Right Honourable Mister I Chesterton. Oh, lovely. Ian Chesterton was one of the teachers, uh, uh, one of Susan's yes. teachers, and uh, one of the first companions. Mm. I wonder if Babs is on there as well. Is this on the the wall with all the photos and whatnot? No, this is just the sign. As, oh, this- as the copper is walking and he rounds the corner and you pan up towards the school. Oh, the, I see. It lingers on the sign just for you, long enough for you to see Chairman of the Governors, Mr. I. Chesterton, and a headmaster, W. Coburn, which I did not get. Oh, I don't recognise that reference either. But it must be someone, surely. Must be. I don't know who. The only two re- uh, teachers I remember are Ian Chesterton and Barbara Wright. Babs. Yeah. And they're incredible cardies. Anyway, yeah, super duper cool. Yeah, the next reference, by the way, while we're on the trivia. Okay. Did you spot no more in reverse through the whiteboard that Clara is wiping off? She quotes from Marcus Aurelius. Oh, she you know, does. let's let's not argue no more about what a good man is or something. And you very clearly see no more in the middle of the screen. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. They are throwing it at us. Oh, wow. Subconsciously, we're picking it up. Yeah. Also, why is she leaving school at 5.16pm? That is way too late for a school day to finish. Yeah, why are there still kids there? Why does her colleague just run up to her and go, are you okay? Your doctor called. What about discretion, dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but do you know why she's leaving at 5.16? No, I had no idea. Because that is the time of day the first Doctor Who episode airs. Oh my <gasps> goodness. Uh, I'm not going to be able to stand up for at least an hour now. This is incredible. Yeah, it was going to be 5.15, but it was a minute late because Grandstand, the sports magazine, overran. When Sports. <laughs> <laughs> Are there kids in the classroom? Yeah, yeah. she's teaching. She's like concluding is it, a class, Is it a full class? Yeah. They're like on their way. It might be, are they in detention? Oh, detention? That's what I was thinking. Oh, maybe. Or like an after school like catch up session. Oh, this yeah. is another thing. Maybe her colleague right. should not be outing her health problems in front of pupils. Yeah. Especially, she's a brand new teacher. Doesn't doctor congratulate her on a new job? Like, it's her first day at class and someone's like, hey, miss, the doctor needs you. Well, this was one of my questions. Oh, yeah. Like, because we were talking in a previous episode, like, we know that she becomes a teacher. We weren't sure if she was a teacher. 
So is is this her starting a teacher or is I'm sure he I'm sure someone okay. I'm sure he says, Yeah, congratulations on, on the new job or something when he's first right. sees her. So she's only just started it. Okay. Or at least since the last time he saw her, I guess. Yeah. Also, what sort of high level intervention is it to have kids in detention and teach them philosophically how to be good people <laughs> by a Marcus Aurelius? <laughs> That is brilliant. It's better than copying out lines. Well, yes, maybe. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Or maybe that is the line that they're going to then write for the next hour. <laughs> yeah, no more, no more, no more, no more. Yeah. <laughs> Loads of no mores. John Hurt writes it with a cannon. That's true. Oh, no, I have opinions about that. But <laughs> he's, you know, he's got very neat handwriting for a man who doesn't handle a gun very often. <laughs> <laughs> who writes with a gun? <laughs> the and, doctor. And when he writes with a gun, how can... No! <laughs> that, that's not how it works. <laughs> and how long did that take you? Everyone sat there going, what's he saying? No more. No, 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 no more. What could yeah, it be? More people are assembling in the piazza. <laughs> and like, oh, it's no. Oh, what if he had misspelled it? Oh. What if it's like, no, oh, actually, you know what? There's a silent W in this word. Oh, damn it. Balls. <laughs> shit. Sorry. It Someone go up with some plaster and cement it in. He <laughs> <laughs> would have just crashed the TARDIS through that wall and started somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> it's the soldier in the background who's just going you know when you ask me to borrow my gun it's <laughs> kind of thinking you might kill those Daleks that are about to come and get us <laughs> and then give it back to me <laughs> he's out there going hey I don't have a weapon anymore this time war so what is going on in his mind why is he writing no more well the it ends up being that the Gallifreyan like board of directors get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> <Board of> directors. <laughs> Bunch of Gallifreyan suits around the conference table. Uh, I'm very dissatisfied. <laughs> Can we send in Ilsa with some coffee? Yes, thank you. I have a point of order for the time chairman. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, cr- he crashes through the TARDIS and it makes a lovely, there's a lovely thing um, where you can see the no more through the hole that he's smashed in the wall but I really don't think that any of the Daleks are going to look at it and be like oh I guess we should stop then that wall has told me is this just <laughs> <him> <laughs> done. time was over sorry chaps we'll go home is this just him going a bit not so towards the end of his run possibly I think it's also to get the attention of the board yeah to do what do they what well, do they because he then after this he shoots his big message in the wall and then he goes to steal the moment does he he hasn't got it already yeah, because they, they see an alert that someone is stealing something. Yeah, like so but he's already in. got their attention. He's triggered them to be like, oh, something's happening. Doctor's yeah. running out of patience. Oh. oh, that's true. Because oh. while they're spinning it around on their little hologram, yeah. being like, isn't this cool? I mean, I know there's a time on everything, but this is really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I didn't, I, I couldn't read it. I didn't read it. I didn't have time. Wait till it swings back around again. Oh, shit. Now it's back to front. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Hang on, hang on. Slow it down left. and I'll run around the table. <laughs> <laughs> the other way, the other way. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're stealing the moment. Yeah, they're stealing yeah. the moment. Yeah, yeah. And it, just, like, it, just, like, it just throws it in a sack and lumbers it like Santa Claus. Like, I love the look of the moment, by the way, of this box with old-timey gears that might be wooden. I'm not sure. Like, it looks so primitive, but then it turns out it has the most sophisticated AI. Well, yeah, and it's mm. amazing, and it just changes. It's, it is what you need it to be, I guess, because yeah. you can't get into it in the beginning, and then as soon as he's... Like, oh, how do you open it? It's yeah. like, oh, there it is. He mentions a red button, there it is. Yeah, yeah. it's nice. Yeah. What I had in my head was I figured out why they couldn't just stop the doctor stealing it when they know exactly 
where he is and what he's doing. They can't just intervene because one of them says, where's he stealing it? No, hang on. Yes, where's he stealing it? And they go, at the moment. No, wait. <laughs> when's he stealing it? At the moment. No, not... Shit. It works in my head. It works what, in my head. What's he stealing? <laughs> no. no. When's he stealing just it? A, just the a moment. moment. <laughs> no. When's he stealing No. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> I know you mean that and something else. No, just a moment. Okay, I'll wait, but come on. How long do you want me to wait? <laughs> Damn it. It really worked in my head. Oh. I'd like that it's called the moment, though. It takes on a few different meanings, depending on the context. Yeah, definitely. Where's he stealing it? At the moment. No, not when's he stealing it. Where's he stealing it? At the moment. No, not when's he stealing it. That was what was in my head. <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> so back, back on Earth, Clara, motorbiking into the TARDIS. I've got a question there. The Doctor is reading Advanced Quantum Mechanics from a book, the cover of which is adorned with a picture of a TARDIS. Mm. Oh really? Yeah, there's a. There's Do you think the, he wrote the book on advanced quantum mechanics? That was going to be one of my questions. Like, <laughs> oh, did the TARDIS write this book, or is <laughs> it, does he just go? You know what? I don't like this cover. I'm going to print out my own sleeve. He's got one of those old-fashioned <laughs> bookcases where they've all got matching. Yes. Leather-bound yeah. covers. Maybe the TARDIS wrote it because he just it doesn't. He just maybe popped out one time. And was like, I think you. I think you could do with reading a lot a little bit about this. Like, you called me simple once, Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Let me explain it to you. Stop guessing how to use me and read the fucking manual. Maybe it's just a Time Lord Kindle with a custom cover. <gasps> Ooh. Could be whatever book you want. Yes. Or like any any book you read always has a TARDIS on oh, on yeah. the cover. How. Now I go on to talk about the, uh, the last thing in this one, which is ridiculous. Go How do it. people recognise a TARDIS as being a TARDIS? Oh, because of the whole... Uh, it's a police box. Mini bagels. Kegels! <laughs> K- 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 Kegels. It's in my notes. It's in my notes. Is it? Is it in your notes? Yeah. <laughs> Great do you, mean, do you mean why did she just zap up the a police no, box? No, I, I meant Cass in the last one recognises... The Doctor oh. as being a Time Lord from yes. recognizing the TARDIS, which is a police box. Which is I think. To be oh no, no, no! I no, think it's because he says it's he bigger does. on the inside. Yeah, he does. You're right. Yeah. Oh, Second I believe line. you. I absolutely believe you. Kegels. Yes. Oh, that's it now. That is now her name. Yep. <laughs> her, her middle name is Gordon. <laughs> is it really? Kate Alistair Gordon left Oh, Stewart. I see. <laughs> is it really? Um, <laughs> But yes, okay, so Kegels picks up the TARDIS and flies it across all of London, dumps it in Trafalgar Square in front of a gigantic audience. Yes. Blames it on Darren Brown. Blames it. This is the second time that uh, Moffat has written something clever in which the uh, potential like excuse is a Darren Brown, you know, fake out. But Leon, I don't remember the first being in Doctor Who. <laughs> that is very true. Sorry, uh, that's, that's not what you sound like. That is, that is, not, <laughs> let me clarify this. I'm not doing you, Drew. I'm just doing some voice. You never will at this rate. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, in Sherlock. Sherlock, uh, after the Reichenbach fall, how did he survive? Oh, it was Darren Brown, yada, yada, yada. So, But yeah. she kind of, um, they kind of make a point they go oh we can't use down around again like they're referencing that a bit oh wait is this this isn't after wait is this after reichenbank is it i don't know no No, well they're making a point that they've done it they've done it as unit yeah they use it as their cover oh gotcha yeah yeah but But. so but this isn't like an 
an inside joke no, that Moffat has Maybe. actually done it already. Well, you know what? He doesn't appear in Reichenbach. He appears in the first episode of series three. Yeah, exactly. It's after. Alter- Sorry, it's- alternative theories are. Being yeah, that's made. my point. How did he survive Reichenbach? How did he yeah. survive the Reichenbach? And I think that I think that might be 2014. Yeah. After this. After like this. Just a okay. couple of months. Just a few short weeks. Oh. So maybe they'd already written it, but yeah, yeah possible. Yeah. But wait, hang on. Kegels. Why the shit does she do this? This, this is the <laughs> stupidest thing in this. It episode. really is. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's purely so that because I remember this happening as like promotion. The uh, picture really? of Matt Smith hanging from the TARDIS over London. How yeah, I remember that as well. out of the TARDIS? Come on, <laughs> Matt Smith, just stand in the doorway. His phone is on the outside. He's got to reach out and grab it and ring. He's got it long in. arms. <laughs> he does. He does. He, does. <laughs> he has <laughs> long everything. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he overcompensating? Dialing the phone with his. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he is. Yeah, you're right. You're it's a rotary dial. It's fine. Oh no. Okay, <laughs> okay fine. Uh, wait, wait. Sorry. No, don't let me interrupt. Well, I was going to say that that whole scene was entirely scripted by the Great Britain Tourist Board because we get the Tower of London. Mm. Tower bridges in the background when they're facing in the opposite direction. You just get the point of the gherkin over the Tower of London, and that's also recognisable. And then Doc just happens to see there's the O2 Arena and the Eye in yes. there as well at some point. Yeah, the Trafalgar Square, the National Gallery. It's just get a lovely tour of London. Yeah. Great. And it must have been. I'm assuming this was a bit of an event in Trafalgar Square. I mean, th- th- there's there are so many people there. Presumably, people could just rock up and watch this be shot. Yeah. Well, what are they going to do? Shut down all of Trafalgar Square? They're not going to be able to for very long. So, oh, would have been so cool. But anyway, freaking Kegels! Why would you do this? But this really is a top sh- secret operation. It just really don't stresses do this. me out that she th- she was like, "Oh, we didn't know you were in there." Like, it's one thing to be like, "Okay, we need to get to the doctor. We need yeah. to bring him in." If so, she- like, let's take the TARDIS. But what's the point in bringing the TARDIS? And he's not there. Exactly. You just then, then he's just stuck wherever he is. He's got to then find his way to you. He's <laughs> got to catch a tube. It's super dumb. Also, she could just go. Well, I mean, your mode of transport is way more effective yeah, than you a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see the spin-off where Doc is like phoning unit, going, "It's a bit embarrassing." <laughs> <laughs> But I seem to have misplaced my TARDIS. You haven't seen it, have you? Like, oh yeah, we took that. Yeah, sorry, we we thought you know you were dead or something, and we just put it in lockup. But yeah. I also think like maybe they just find a they just find a police box and like quick quick it's a doctor and there's just a normal like pedestrian man just like using it as a phone. There's box. like a shoplifter <laughs> locked inside. Box. Yeah, that, that'd be lucky. He's having a slash. It's <laughs> what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, it all adds up to the beginning being just a little bit cheesy. The yeah. beginning is. Rubbish. Yeah, the beginning was, is rubbish. I was, yeah, I was <laughs> sat there going, "Oh God, I thought this was a good episode. Why is it so rubbish?" I liked the Clara bits, though. I liked motorbiking into the TARDIS, and then she yeah. can yeah. Cl- click the TARDIS doors closed. Yeah, because like, for so oh, long, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because for so long we had, um, like, the TARDIS hated Clara and it wouldn't let her yeah. in and it was not obeying her and blah, blah, blah. And now she's, like, master. She's proved herself worthy and now she's master the TARDIS and she can click it shut. Oh, yes, she has. She's Hell yeah. fucking saved every incarnation of a Doctor that ever existed. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The TARDIS probably likes her better than the Doctor at this point. Yeah. Regardless of how dumb this little part of the intro is, I love this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Everyone else on board with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. I think it's just... so skeptical. Drew's <laughs> got more points to climb, sure. Um, but I think it was it it was one that just kept building. It was quite a a really bit of a naff cheesy start, and then it got better, and then it got better, and then it just like just keeps piling on until the end. And by the end, I'd sort of forgotten how naff the start was. I was like, yeah, yeah, four point nine all the way. It's great. <laughs> um, but um. Yeah, you do have to remember the whole episode. I'll try. Well, I say I, I might struggle a bit because there's loads of this. I just didn't write any notes because I was just watching it. Yeah, no, it's so good. You know, yeah. It's too good. I said that the ending was brilliant, but my last note was like three quarters of the way through, and I just didn't write anything. <laughs> it's like ending great. <laughs> Two thumbs up. That's all. Yeah. I've always championed an episode timing its run perfectly to be good at the end, yeah. where your memories mm. are crystallized. Yeah, exactly. That's the way to do it. What did stand out for me because I. I just been very blasé about new who decent amount of budget cgi can do a hell of a lot of shit these days it just looks nice it, yeah but, yeah we've been saying this throughout series seven hey this looks okay yeah it's just well they, they know how to do it it's good like we expect that we're almost taking it for granted yeah but oh my god the 3d painting the 3d thing. painting was amazing i yeah. want to marry that <laughs> <laughs> sorry marie but <laughs> <laughs> it's just eye meltingly gorgeous yeah i know i just want to go and live inside it forever yeah, yeah and yeah. this was seeing it in 2d i think it was in cinemas in 3d it yeah, was. yeah they did it they was. did it in both um, yeah, yeah. I so imagine that and then my next note is holy budget destroying explosions batman because <laughs> <laughs> the war on gallifrey is just super high budget it's incredible like there's a lot of CGI going on there as well, which I, I did actually kind of take for granted because the physical effects, like so many explosions, quite a few extras running around and just it felt very yeah, and chaotic the, and war. the sets yeah. and the, yeah. the, the costumes, the everything. Yeah, I mean, I've seen plenty of Daleks in, explode in fireballs, but never like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wh- wh- like when the... Is it the, the TARDIS is crashing through some of them and you get to see the different parts of the Dalek exterior just coming undone? I actually thought that was one of the naffish shots. <laughs> oh, really? I, re- I really like that. I also loved the freeze frame, almost sort of Matrixy style zoom through the exploding Dalek when we zoom through. I mean, zooming into the painting is beautiful. See, yeah. this this was the bit I was going to say I didn't, I didn't think. I liked oh. when they were stood and looking and as you moved your head, the painting changed yeah. and you could see everything but as soon as the camera went into the painting and it went so far in and pinpointed the war doctor i just i thought that was a bit too much I was oh i thought that yeah. was beautiful i also by the way i really like that in the beginning we don't get to see yeah. that going around yeah. and yeah. when clara goes like this is impossible like, the fuck are you on about yes, yeah yes. Like, this doesn't have to be gallery like it could be anything it could be someone ate old cheese and started hallucinating and painted <laughs> this in whenever it was like who cares it's yeah fine. how do you know what arcadia looked like and all that sort of thing yeah <laughs> yeah well clara doesn't know yeah exactly and so then then it's like two or three minutes and it's so later. Subtle. She just yeah. slightly turns her head and it's like, oh, everything's yeah. moving with her. Oh, oh my goodness. Fantastic. And then there's Dalek saucers and the laser. Oh, it just you can almost, it, it's like going behind the frame, 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 frame yes, as well. Exactly, yeah. You can see more. Oh, yeah, so good. <laughs> <laughs> this is very, very jumping ahead, but it's it. to do with the painting. Mm-hmm. So just, um, how do they jump out of the painting? Because they're, they're all three of them stood in the same spot. They zoom all the way in again, and it's where John Hurt was stood the first time, and now there's three of them. Yeah. And then they turn around and, like, attack the Dalek. 
and they and they like basically throw the Dalek through the glass. They shatter the glass and then arrive in the room. Yeah. But we've seen the camera pan in like three miles to get to them. They're not stood right next to the glass. How does it work? Well, yeah, it, does, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and if because if they can move and do that, then why everybody else is. Is everybody else moving in the, in there as well? So is everybody frozen? I have a question about the concept of this art. Yeah. One of them says it is the full moment frozen in time, encapsulated in whatever. Yeah. And we're calling it art. But it is a moment frozen in time. Yeah. So <laughs> is that meant to be taken literally? That's one. Is it meant to be taken literally? Like, oh, we are just the way that they froze all of Gallifrey. Have they frozen this scene? Well, yeah, because they talked about the freezing Gallifrey. It basically describe it as the same technology as the yeah. painting. The Zygons use this technology yeah. and can time and they their exit. Get but out how, of it. But exactly. they should be frozen there forever, right? Yeah. Until someone brings them out. Yeah, it's and a stasis cube. It's suspended animation. You don't typically get to decide. Exactly. Yeah. And if that moment in time, which has already happened in the past of this painting, has only one doctor, shouldn't they be able to look into the past and see their future, namely three doctors? Because the second time we zoom in, we see all three doctors next yeah. to each other. Yeah. But shouldn't they already be there since that moment was frozen in time and then painted? That's, yeah. Well, not painted, you well, know what I mean? When? What do you mean? <laughs> Who? What? This is what, when? Do you I, mean when the doctor's looking into it, there should always have been three doctors? Yes. Yeah. Because that's the thing is, if they're not, yeah, if they're not there then, then how do they get in there? Is this what how you said you, before? Did I just misunderstand How do you before? get into the painting? Yeah, it's not place. just about time being rewritten. It's about time being repainted. Yeah. Exactly. And is it a painting? <laughs> well, yeah, 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 exactly. is, is it, it art? Is it just <laughs> <laughs> Does someone have a really, really, really in-depth camera? Is it just a photograph, but like a 3D? I don't understand it. <laughs> do, do the Zygons translate themselves into just... Pixels? Is it pixel art? Are they digitized? Yeah, what, what are they yeah. exactly? No, what I, are they? There are two stages to this technology. It has to be. Because, pigment. Because they're put, they are held in stasis... And I think all all people that go into the paintings, Zygons and Gallifreyans alike, time their exit because the Zygons want it to be so that Earth has progressed and then they can take it over without having to do all the dirty work. And obviously all of the Doctors want to come out exactly at that point in the Tower of London, having set all that into motion with the message. But once you've broken the frame and thrown a Dalek through it and then the three doctors climb out, does why any... doesn't the rest of the painting climb out with them? Yeah, the other people dying yeah, in the painting are like, like a hey billion guys, I found an exit! There's not just any Daleks in it! Because that's a different thing. Like, in the same way that that painting didn't have a Zygon on it and then the Zygon put itself into it. Right, yeah, okay. And the painting didn't have three doctors in it, they put themselves into it. But John gotcha, Hurt was gotcha. in oh, it. Oh, 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 sorry. Mind being unblown and reblown. <laughs> well, but, but I, yeah, but John, John Hurt was in it the first time. So I think he, he was in it as a painting. He wasn't in it as a miniaturized person in the painting. There should have been two of him. Oh. No, I, I guess it was just he's, he's over right. the top of it. He's just stood in the perfect spot, so you yeah. can't see behind him. Yeah, there's yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I had to see. Oh, sorry. Because I I well, I took it that the first zooming into the painting was then like this is the painting. Click now. This is the time that the painting was taken. Carrying on. 
because from that on that point onwards we're just seeing events unfold yeah right exactly it's not the painting anymore it's like fading from a photograph into the time when the photo was taken yeah Yeah. so I had a theory about the reason I asked so is this actually time being frozen I had a theory which then ended up being disproven namely oh is his mission now to find Gallifrey it's in the painting that is Gallifrey having been frozen (laughs) that whole moment is frozen Mm. but apparently not but yeah no okay now I now I get it but well, this is just like, I'm just putting out interpretations, guys. You know. Oh, no, I'm believing you. 150%. So the doctors are in the painting. Yeah. Right. And they put themselves in there. When exactly? I, I've forgotten in, in the episode quite when they decide to put them in themselves in. There is, it's the, mo- the, the, the How much power does the moment have? Because that's when they, they decide we don't have to press a bigger button. We can change. Yeah. Okay. So they're with the moment. That's what I had forgotten. They're with yeah. the moment. And yeah. then what? The painting goes through its earth history of being deemed too dangerous for public consumption by Elizabeth I. So they're all in the painting for 400 years. <laughs> so one of them ages by 400, Tennant ages by 800, and Smith or, is now 1,200 years older than or do they? Or do they not age they at all because, they're, because frozen. they're frozen? Frozen. Okay. Frozen, in, frozen in time, not just frozen, frozen. They go, yeah. the, okay. they go the quick way around. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, yeah. I thought the Zygon who is translated into that effectively in the painting did so a little bit. He was too blasé about it. So you, got, you now need to be pixelated. Potentially forever. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> Someone might just forget about this painting or because tear it or whatever. Was it, was it Elizabeth the first that convinced him to go into the painting? Yeah, that's also bullshit. And how did she... Not, not convinced. This is their big plan. Like, yeah, but... She, I, I don't, I don't like Elizabeth. But she's, the first. Actu- but she's actually Elizabeth. The yeah, first. I, yeah, I don't like her. But in she, this, really, there was but. a, there was something about she'd. No, she did say it was that, it was it's their plan, but she'd convinced they, them. Well, they they all assumed that she was the Zygon, yeah. and we're just happily going. Oh yeah, so we're we're up to stage three of our twelve stage plan. In case you've forgotten, yeah. <laughs> stage four. Is- <laughs> <laughs> just remind me again <laughs> i'm in this ditzy female body i can't i can't retain all yeah. these informations so yeah she just goes along with it and then when it's going to painting time he he just steps up yeah i don't or know how she... i feel about the zygons waiting for a more advanced earth to conquer because it's, it's nice to have a break from the norm like let's do this right now whatever whatever we find the first planet will just conquer it earth is you know earth is all the the planet everyone in the universe wants to conquer apparently because we're from there so it's nice to have a sort of judgment pass on the past like now nah, you know what we'll wait for later but it's also so lazy on the zygons part <laughs> they can build a civilization in their own image they've done it before and also what their technology seems like when they wake what were they always going to wake up now was did something trigger it early because it just feels like their technology is still more advanced than ours is in 2012 or 20 when was it 2013 so why did they pick that as a day i don't know if it's just a bit arbitrary from their point of view let's wait 400 years and just see what happens I'm not, I, I don't know if that's really explained because then it, it's when they go into the black archive that they kind of see ah oh yeah this is what we came for there's so much alien shit here we're gonna fuck this place up yeah. so is that what it is they're just waiting for more alien contact and where is the rest Possibly. of the planet is it just like the four of them gonna c- see this is Earth, this or? is why i quite like this because <laughs> the last time we encountered zygons yeah. was in classic and there were about four zygons yep and they tried to take over the planet <laughs> yep 
But they did also but I, have using, a Loch Ness monster. So. Loch Ness monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't mean to steal that. Yeah, take, taking Nessie down to London to, to threaten some oh. environmental dignitaries. Yeah, stuff, that's what know, it was. Yeah, uh, it's just like, no, that plan is pants. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, let's wait around for a few hundred years and then steal some shit that is actually really powerful. Like worth stealing. Not, yeah. here's our pet dinosaur, do what uh, we say. If you wait three, four hundred <laughs> years, and they, to, until they have the advanced power and advanced weaponry and stuff, do they, are they not more easily like defending themselves as well? Is it not, are they not harder to take Yeah, over? that's are a super good question, because the Zygons are already so advanced that they could have overwhelmed us incredibly easily under Liz the first time. Yeah. Whereas now in that room full of all the alien technology... Like, Potentially, we've actually learned to use some of it. Exactly. At that point. They don't know. Mm. Also, they must already have a Loch Ness monster somewhere. Or uh, whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know it how called? It... I can't remember now. Oh, I forget. Oh. The thing that... Uh, Plesiosaurus. They milk it as well. To yeah, exactly. Well, that's oh, no, they to survive, they eat the milk. The, 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 yeah, oh, this is, this is why I'm... this giant lizard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This okay. is why I'm thinking that they, they must have it. So in Terror of the Zygons, we had a Scarrison. Scarrison. Uh, there we go. Oh, yes. That's right. I think the only thing I can... Uh, this is this is just speculation city. Okay. The only thing I can kind of put on from a reasoning stance is as civilizations progress on a planetary scale, is it kind of accepted that they govern bigger areas at once? So if you are of a species that can morph into other things you can go in and take over a smaller group of people that have a greater sense of power and then you can subjugate and attack and subvert so what they want to do is wait till the 2250s and they can take over the entire united federation of planets yeah well <laughs> then <laughs> <laughs> i suppose that's a while to wait oh but because uh, there's not time travel that they I mean, they don't have a hint of the future that they're talking about, do they? I mean, they're just sort of like, we want to... Well, I guess if they had time travel, why wouldn't they just jump forward? Yeah, but they're not it? even looking into the future, is it? It's just no. a speculation of 400 years. This is, yeah. We span the wheel of time and it landed on 400. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's there setting an egg clock to, you know, an egg timer <laughs> to 400 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did like their uh, method of disguising themselves, though, when they do jump out of the paintings. When they're on, under all the sheets of the statue. I thought that was uh. way too obvious. Oh, <laughs> really? I, I didn't get it at all. Even uh. when they were talking about the stone dust. It was only when oh, they I came didn't get the back stone dust, to the but... stone dust that it was like, oh, that's what that is. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get the stone dust at all until yeah until the same point. Well, that obvious then, I guess. Well, I thought it was obvious having like, oh, well, we're going to walk into this room. We know that there's something dangerous here. We know that something jumped out of those paintings. Oh, there are just giant things hiding underneath yeah. <laughs> underneath sheets all around you. I wonder if someone's in It feels like a horror movie trope. That's yeah. happened a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Three shrouded figures. Put a pin in that. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> Perhaps for a future episode. Oh, right. Oh. oh. He's got it. I got it. I By got Jove, it. he's got it. <laughs> Coming up very soon. <laughs> Is this a good place to bring in Osgood? Oh, yes. Zygons and things happening in Unit HQ. So she becomes a recurring character. I can't remember. Is this the first time that we see her? I think yeah, this is the first time, isn't I think it? So. Uh, yeah. 
I can't remember how frequently she pops up and how regularly. I think she's in the Zygon invasion slash inversion with Capaldi. Certainly. Hmm. Is she just the Zygon episode? She's the Zygon expert now. Oh. Yeah. She's like the Q of units in a way, right? Yeah. yeah. She's Kegel's number Q. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten that Zygons were in this, to be honest. I forgot. So had I, Jim. I thought that was an entirely separate thing. The whole mind wiping and you don't know who a Zygon is. And actually, it's quite a small part of this as well. I thought that was like an entire episode. Oh, that's so nice. So don't just skim over that. That's lovely. It, <laughs> it comes back. Okay. It does come back. Is that why I think it's a bigger thing? Because they Is use, that the same use thing it again. But does it, the same thing happen in Zion exactly Invasion? exactly the same thing, but Capaldi gets to elaborate on it. Uh, but yeah, the idea that you, you negotiate for fair terms not knowing who's on which side, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this episode, yeah. when they are sitting on either side of the table and the, well, Tennant and Smith show up, I did feel like, is this the same table? Is this the exact same location? Was it's, It seems like th- there is a, a visual parallel between those two serials yeah. or episodes, sorry. But yeah, oh, wait, sorry, hang on, all's good. Oh, yeah. Is it important that she's in this? Because I, I, I remember her being quite an interesting character and I don't know if we actually see a lot She's in just this. a bit of a fangirl in this. She's got yeah. the Doctor Who scarf and she, like... And a bit of a stereotype yeah. geek yeah. caricature. She's quite charming, though. Yeah, she is. she's sweet. You warm to her, I think, yeah. don't you? But yeah, she doesn't get a lot of like fleshing out. But then there's so much else going on. You can't really... She, you know, she gets more than the guy does. Yeah, the guy um, could be... McGilliop or whatever his name is. I, I don't know what his name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it stresses me out when the um, Zygon turns into her and morphs and copies the scarf and the glasses and all the clothes and all that. And it's like, hand me your inhaler. Yeah. I can't. I don't know how to copy those. That's the (laughs) technology beyond me. (laughs) Aerosols are tricky. (laughs) But then it's because it comes back as a plot point. So it's like. mm, See what you did there. That is a pretty sweet moment. Though, but it's a very, it is a very sweet moment when it comes back, so forgive them. Yeah. yeah I've learned to pity you, my little defective. Oh. oh. But it's just, in an ideal world, like, the idea, like, power corrupts, and so the people that are making the decisions, they're like, well, I want the best for me. And so, but someone who's, they're not involved in the um, negotiations. Mm. So they, she could walk in and be like, well, I know I'm a Zygon, so I'm going to do this, da, da, da. Um, it's just kegels and zagels. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice. It's like actually, if we can come up with something that's fair for everyone, is that a better solution? And it shows you that zygons aren't just all evil, like monsters that want to destroy. They mm. just want a home because their home has been taken from them. So yeah, by yeah. the time lords, no less. Well, yeah. Mm. So that's interesting. Cause I I don't think I put as much on the zygon in that because they. I kind of got the feeling that because they're. In, imitating the human they were imitating at that point mm. that they were kind of reset to be human like they they remember being a human and then this this one little revelation that oh you've got the inhaler that means you're the human i'm the zygon but actually i think i'm human i don't really know what i would be doing as a zygon oh, i see kind of the setup see i i at the time i did not realize that the fact that one of them has the inhaler means that they know they are a zygon I just assumed, well, we're both in the same situation. We both know what it's like to not be able no. to breathe. No, uh, I took it the one that coughed is the human. Oh, and definitely, the one, yeah. the Zygon, then gave about the inhaler. Yeah, no, you're yeah. totally right. This yeah. did not dawn on me at the time, though. Yeah, it, it's definitely, they knew who was who. Yeah, yeah. Given that, but... Yeah. 
it's interesting that we've interpreted it slightly differently. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we have said in Doctor Who before, no memory wipes. Because at some level, it always breaks down. The, the Zygon has to remember what this thing in the pocket is for, and then it relates to the cough that's happening in front of it. So some selective parts of the memory always have to survive, and it's always at the service of the plot, and it always produces inconsistency. I don't know, because this is the doctors using some kind of memory wipe technology very specifically to say, you will not know if you're a human or a Zygon. Okay. Yeah. And everything does, else is... Yeah, there seems to be like a memory sprinkler system in the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have they just forgotten everything up until this point, and now they're just beings that look identical and they don't know, they don't know who they are? Because you've said that the Zygons will then take on the human memories, and therefore they're all negotiating as humans, almost. But I don't, that's not what this I took a, from Yeah, this it. is a very human-centric interpretation. How are the yeah. humans supposed to go, well, there's a 50-50 chance that I grew up on Zygonia, or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, exactly. So you would... So in that case everybody would be negotiating a better deal for the humans because they're all sat there thinking I'm probably I feel human I'm probably human so I took it as they've just everything's gone they don't have like a memory like I'm hoping the doctor will restore all the memories <laughs> somehow with his magic sprinkler well the poor guy on the um, front desk doesn't get his memories restored oh no oh no it doesn't yeah. but they obviously know something and the humans have no memory of Zygons but the Zygons have the memories of the humans that was that was my only logic also that poor guy on the front desk He's like, first day, <laughs> fresh out of university. <laughs> I can't believe I got a job this quickly. He's like, first day, oh, yeah, oh wait, you're retiring today. How does that work? <laughs> it's, it's like Groundhog Day when he, he yeah. goes to the piano teacher as a savant. <laughs> yeah. I've never played before. What's this Chekhov's game? Is yeah. it? <laughs> cool, being 18 isn't what it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that Clara had been in there and had no memory of it. And it's like, yeah, of course, yeah. of course we're going to vet you. Do you think we just let anyone hang out with the doctor? And there are pictures, I think there's a picture of Rory. Yeah, I think there's uh, a lot of Really? Them. Where? What? There are, there are other companions. I forget oh, who else yes, was on yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, is this The Wall? Yeah. yeah. But I, th- I think he was like the next one along, so it was quite obvious. And then I forget who else was up there, but I think there was there were some classic Susan's companions. definitely on there. Yeah. Uh, oh, I nodded it down somewhere. There we go, yeah. Susan, Ian, that's Chesterton. PB and J, or at the very least, P and B. Polly and Ben. Cool. I'm glad Rory was on there. Hope Amy was not. (laughs) (laughs) And we actually got Kegels caked in some Zygon jam and string. Oh, yes. That's (laughs) true. Very true. Yeah. Okay, wait, hang on. So in the past, when we've encountered Zygons, the one-time in Classic and... The one-time? Maybe just the one-time in Classic. I think so far, just once, yeah. And yeah also, how cool is the it that Ivan. they brought back Zygons? We never it's said. It's super cool. Yeah. It's amazing. It is, absolutely. And they're so good. They look like a, they're, they're the perfect New Who progression of what Zygons used to be. Mm. Like you've said before, actually, like the Zygon Classic is one of your favourite, if not your favourite. Certainly one of them. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely one of them. Like, it, the classic one is actually really, really good. It's not that dissimilar from the new one. True. Yeah, yeah exactly. But they, they kind of nailed it first time. This is like a higher budget, yeah. certainly, and it's I not- guess better makeup technology, but still the, the, the heart and soul of that creature yeah, is still there. Yeah, and it withstands multiple close-ups on a cinema-sized screen, apparently. The, yeah, definitely. Um, the transition as well, when Kate um, becomes the Zygon, yeah. that's You mean, really, you mean really Zagel's good. reveals Zagel's, herself. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, that's 
straight up scary shit. Yeah, that's really. As a kid, she regurgitates some sort of slime. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden it just explodes out of her neck, and it's suddenly everywhere. It's like, where did that come from? Bloody hell! Well done, BBC. Yeah, absolutely. And she doesn't immediately progress to full on Zygon. They're like, you know what? This looks so cool. Let's just film a few extra shots. Because <laughs> it really is great. Yeah, really good. Rather fun as well that one of the Zygons ends up being Elizabeth I's horse, or rather the other way around. Oh, that yeah. is great. That is pretty great. Yeah. What does that mean? It means we need a new horse. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this means that the Zygons can't tell the difference between like humans and horses? And it's just like, oh, look, a being. I will take over this person. They don't know who's, don't know who's in charge. I think this is just like, oh, this is a way to get really, really close to them until maybe they've separated and then they can take over the yeah. queen or something. Yeah. And Did you guys recognize the queen, by the way? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, they'll all sit on me and leave their biological signatures and then I can yeah. impersonate whomever oh, I like. Wait, this is what I wanted to say before. So previously when we've encountered Zygons, that one time in classic and in audiobook form, the person being impersonated needed to be in a pod. Basically what they were doing with Kegels when she was caked and all that shit. But the second you take off that shit or take the person out of the uh, the pod, that impersonation, like the the mirage the should fade. Broken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But here we get multiple scenes, certainly that negotiation scene where both parties are present. I think actually even in the classic episode that wasn't consistent with that. Oh, was it not? I think we had a beef with that. Oh, maybe we did. (laughs) (laughs) And were you going to say that when Kegels was wrapped in the jam and string, that was as close as it got to following the classic precedent? But then they just completely jettisoned it. Yeah, because, I mean, why even show her caked and all that nonsense? Because yeah, nobody else was. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I think I think what it's meant to be is they have to do some shit to take a copy, but then they fucked that After up. After that, doing, who cares? But they fucked that up by doing the Osgood scene. Um, but yeah, they have to keep the, the copy alive. But also, well, maybe, or, it's, or rather the, the maybe you can make a copy. Is it just like contact? Did, she, did um, Oswin touch the... Did the Zygon, Zygon touch Osgood? Osgood, sorry. I think it's more than actually. just touching. I mean, if so it's like, just touching, then that's a, something that they've added in New Who, because previously, definitely, it was more than just like, oh, touch or take its but she DNA sample does, or something. So Osgood definitely gets a copy, and the, and she's not in a pod, but she, yeah. she like, knocked out or something. No, she... No? She just kind of, like, cowers a bit, and then mm. suddenly the Zygon morphs. But yeah, so maybe the pod idea is just a like way of getting you out of the way because if there's two of you walking around, then someone's going to know, oh, well, one of you's an alien. So they put you in the jamming string well, just I think to in, get you out of um, harm's way. Well, I think in Classic Who, the way that it worked was that it's technology that allows them to shapeshift. It's not their bodies. Yeah. Like, they can't just do it on their own. Yeah, if you don't have a machine, you can't do this. So the, that Osgood scene would never have happened in Classic yeah. Who. Well, that's my understanding anyway. We've only encountered them the one time, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. You were asking, did we recognize the queen? Oh, yeah. Oh. Liz Wan. <laughs> who is Liz Wan? Liz Wan is played by Joanna Page, who was the sex scene stand-in in Love Actually, in which she was being fake-boned by Martin Freeman. Ooh. Oh, right. Of later the Watson, i.e. the, shall we say, the companion of the Doctor of the Sherlock show, also by <laughs> Moffat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's her. I looked at her, I was like, oh, wait, have we seen her in anything? Wait, I, like, I've she's been s- in tons of stuff, but I that was say, the I've not seen Kevin and Stacey, but isn't she in Kevin and Stacey? Possibly, I've not seen it. 
Yeah. I looked at her IMDb page. It's long. There's tons of stuff in there. I it, love actually was the only thing that stood out like, to me. I, I want oh, to wow. say she's Stacy. Really? Has, has anyone seen it? No. Nope. No. Nope. Sorry. Good show I hear. She could be Stacy. Does Stacy also have smashing jugs? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that seems to be that's, that seems to hinge on that. <laughs> yeah, she's Stacy. Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to really rebound on me later when I criticise Moffat's writing of women. (laughs) 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 Whatever. Uh. So I do feel like we're skirting around the edges. Do we we want to carry on the edges or are we going to dive into the real... Dive into... The real shit of... Shit? What shit? Yeah, swan dive into the shit shit. (laughs) Like the shit. Ah, the good shit. (laughs) Of a big fucking bomb that judges you and oh right yeah blowing up entire civilizations and it's sentient and it's and comes back as Rose yeah and calls herself Bad Wolf Ooh. Mm. flash of eyes which the War Doctor does not recognize and he doesn't no. and, uh, and whom the well, War shouldn't. Doctor doesn't recognize yeah. yeah it's an interesting choice mm. I, yeah. I liked it I remember hating it actually at the time really. <laughs> Is it just fan service? Is it just like, oh, well, we started with Billy Piper, so let's celebrate yeah, the anniversary yeah. with Billy Piper. Yeah, she's as yeah. close to Eccleston as we're going to get. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it is oh. almost, it's taking then someone from every sort of era of, True. of yeah, all the doctors. Yeah. yeah. But do you think that maybe the idea was, wait, this is something we talked about in the last episode, wasn't it? That, that the war doctor was originally meant to be Eccleston potentially and in this case it would be Eccleston meeting his former companion well, I, don't, I don't think they would have thought that far ahead um, so I don't know if it was ever designed to be that but I, I like if they, yeah I like that they brought her back and especially because Tennant is there and there's a, there gets to be a little interplay between them without him knowing she stood behind him and there's a few little yeah. moments did you say few. bad wolf girl? Yeah. Isn't that what Tennant does? He yeah. says something like, wait, uh, wait, did you say bad wolf girl? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I actually really liked her. Yeah. Which I, I surprised myself because I was thinking, I, I can't remember hating that Billy Piper came back into this. But yeah. I think maybe I was just annoyed that it didn't connect with John Hurt's Doctor. And it, it did seem like fan service. But then what would what would connect with John Hurt's Doctor? We literally True. saw him last week for 30 seconds so it doesn't have a but i, I guess it would have been any classic thing but that's not what they do with new who no this, yeah. this is a very new who yeah centric but also when tenants kind of ask him what his future holds and matt smith's obviously like oh you know translos coming up that's going to be really terrible but also i had this little flashback then to him crying on a beach and and rose going off in this alternate universe and, uh. I, and actually all of that heartache is to come and she's there in this episode and that kind of brought it all back a little bit so you it, it makes you sympathize with Tennant in a different way because he's very light and jokey and fun in this episode. You don't get to see the dark, like sad Tennant. And so just that reminder of Rose is there again, but he can't interact with her. Yeah, I, d- I don't think I really picked up on that. I don't know else. if it was intentional, but that's just it just flashed into my head at that moment yeah. when he was talking about his future. And I was like, well, that that's what's to come for you. Trends are to come for Matt Smith because that's his recent past. But there's a lot more that Tennant will go through before that even becomes an issue. Sorry, am I misunderstanding this? Are you suggesting that this is happening, for Tennant, this is happening before he has his split with Rose? Yeah, I think so. Why? No. I think this happens way later. Like, way, way later. This is 
post roses in the parallel dimension tenant and that's that's the reason he goes wait did you say bad wolf bad wolf is like the the alias of my ex whom i thought i'd never see again yeah you're right you, yeah because also before i mean rose is already with the doctor when he regenerates yeah. into tenants and he never he doesn't like leave her for an extended period this must be in the period where he's like got a new companion every week yeah oh <gasps> Oh my goodness, yes! Yeah. This shit is going down while the rest of us have to watch the most naff <laughs> solo crap standalone episodes. Yeah. Although... But, but it, doesn't oh. ma- it doesn't match up with, like, the Doctor in that period was very sad because he just lost Rose and he was not this, like, happy girl, lucky chappy that we see... Well, he's rebounding with Liz One. <laughs> Wait, you got an all though, Drew? I had an all though because in 1599... The Doctor, in the Shakespeare Code, returns to Elizabethan England. Yeah. And isn't she pretty pissed off with him? Yeah. Because, although it doesn't necessarily mean that's earlier in Tennant's timeline as well, so, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to, had to think that timey-wimey bubble through. Yeah. I don't know, there are references. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> We've had hints before that he flirted with at least... Well, Liz one has... Yeah. yeah. And possibly even married, like... I, th- I feel like this, this thing has been hinted at. And mm. was that always with Tennant? Yes, or, I think so. Which would kind oh, of... Oh, maybe Matt Smith as well, actually. Is it Smith as well? I feel like if you could pinpoint that, you could probably work it out pretty well. Yeah. I think I assumed this was a younger Tennant. It feels like a younger Tennant. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what, but yeah, why would he? Why would he pick up his ears at Bad Wolf? Bad and Wolf. why would Rose not be around? It, it, yeah. it would be. A, it would have to be a case of him going. Uh, oh, Rose, I, I'm just gonna go and pick up a cotton of milk. I'll be. And, I'll be right back. Her and Mickey need some private time. They can't always. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Shall I leave you? Wait, Mickey. How long do you? Seven, seven six minutes? Five, <laughs> five? Six? I'll give you six minutes, and then he pops out. But actually, he spends like twenty years with yeah, Liz One. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, also, all the Bad Wolf stuff is done in Eccleston's time, isn't it? That's all within series one. Uh, and then it okay. sort of yeah. rebounds later with no, no, but like the, the Davros stuff. Okay, yeah. So he does know who Bad Wolf Girl is then, even before he's left Rose on the beach. Yes, so yeah, it does yeah. work. Yes, okay. Yes, then I, th- I think it's in his early in his timeline <laughs> when Rose is around... But he doesn't spend every waking minute with her, and he yeah. does have some adventures on his own. And he thinks it's fine to go back to 1599, because why would Elizabeth I be angry with him? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly! Yeah. Yes! Yes. Good. Glad we sorted that. Hmm. Sherlock's that. How good does that feel, Moffat? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really like Elizabeth I. How so? What did she do to offend you, Jim? It's the She's... queen you're talking about here. Yeah, how dare you, Jim? I just don't think it made sense how she was quite happy with like, we had the Doctor thinking she was a Zygon because she didn't, like, flinch by him saying he used to have a different face and all this kind of stuff. Like, she's very just au fait with whatever the fuck is happening. Mm. She impersonates a Zygon, surrounded by Zygon. She sees happily. the inside of the TARDIS and possibly travels in space and time. Yeah, and it's just like... Oh, yeah. No, fuck this. It's no, yeah, because at that at the point where she doesn't flinch about him saying he's got a different face, she mustn't already know he's an alien because she's been in the TARDIS. I'm sorry, but yeah, alien versus entirely different face. Like it's still a, it's still a surprise and revelation. Well, yeah, I don't know, because I don't look like I did ten years ago. 
she might just think he's being hyperbolic. Exactly. And he's ridden a fucking shadow fax out of a police box. I mean, <laughs> you could forgive her for thinking that. Yeah, but okay, so why after she's seen the inside of the TARDIS and possibly travelled in space and time and found out that he is an alien and knows that he he knows things that are far more advanced than any of her peers could even dream of, why would she still crack jokes about beheading criminals or want to go on with her regular life? Why wouldn't she change completely? And since when did Tennant put up with that? Exactly. Well, I'm totally fine with you beheading people. I mean, I killed baby Ragnos. I mean, let's... why is he even hanging out with her? Because doesn't this constitute altering mankind's history well, in a way? Yeah. So why is he doing it? Why would? Oops, I mean, this oops, is... I'm king. Yeah. <laughs> This is not entirely dissimilar. Because he loves celebrity. He's, he's always got a celebrity guest on. He likes famous people. But it's a huge... That, that's, a, that's a significant change. It's a pretty significant... It's not like, oh, he, he saw her from afar or something like that. So he gave her a flower once and then disappeared off and she never knew what happened. I, but I she think still she remembered gave him. him a flower. I think, oh, yeah, maybe... Just a nice one. Maybe he gave her a flower and then she really liked him. So she's chased him down and didn't let him leave and he didn't have much choice in the matter but this is this is an even more egregious change of history than um, nefertiti was this is n- this is nothing like <laughs> this is the bloody queen of england mate <laughs> <That last. laughs> i mean if Does you compare it, wait, this to nefertiti went and is she the one who went on safari with the the Big game hunter. Yeah, and yeah. into space and, and rode dinosaurs and, and then went that's back to a Egypt and just. in history. That's a bigger change in history. It will have had a rip, bigger ripple effect by now. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Queen Liz has already heard Queen Nephi, she was a space traveler. So, in the royal circles, they know what to expect. Yeah, she's got queen envy. The royal circles. Oh, those royal circles <laughs> where the pharaohs and queens of England <laughs> hobnob. They talk, yeah. they talk. <laughs> There's a secret vault. They all document things. <laughs> There's a tunnel. <laughs> it reaches just straight through the earth. We also had the girl in the fireplace. Mm. Uh, what's her name? Pompadour. Pompadour, Madame de Pompadour. There's a relationship of sorts there between tenant doc and a historical figure, mm. but still not to the degree where he is influencing in global politics, where here he is influencing global politics. Well, European politics. I mean, Spain won't... Yeah, but this is all going to... This is where the ripple effect comes into play. This is all going to then lead to other uh, other royalties not getting married or different royalties getting uh, getting married and other wars being (laughs) declared or no wars. What is Spain going to do? Send an armada? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyway, that's my point. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I didn't mean to say... (laughs) No, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I thought the, the smooching got a bit much. That was just a dig at Tennant, was it? And all yeah. smooching. He's the yeah. intergalactic poo. I did like, okay, so I really liked all the interactions between the three doctors. Oh, and, um, yes. Very nice. And um, there was a line, John Hurt was like, some, I think Tennant was smooching someone. It's like, is there a, will there be a lot of smooching in my future? <laughs> <laughs> Can anyone remember the context I have written John Hurt saying, even that one? To Matt Smith. Yeah, to Matt Smith. Yes, like, yes. Oh, wait, you're the doctor? Well, even- oh, yeah. Oh. Okay, okay. <laughs> Do I become him? Even that one? <laughs> <laughs> yes! Uh. 
They have incredible chemistry, those three. Oh, my God. They I do. mean, Smith and Tennant in particular. Yeah, in particular. Well, this, this is what I was going to say earlier when you said um, that Eccleston was sorely lacking and you felt his absence. Is that actually, I think it would have been a very different episode with him there oh. as well because he wouldn't have bounced off like that, like those two do together. Mm. Like They're the perfect pairing. Oh, I agree. Really I agree. Really fun, jokey, lighthearted like, episode. Yeah, and I think it's interesting as well, actually, that despite what John Hurt's Doctor is meant to be, yeah. he's not probably as angry and warped as Eccleston no, was. No, no, exactly. That's because John Hurt is not as intense a human being as, <laughs> <laughs> as Eccleston. He's but this is, full but, of whimsy. But this is still pre him having to push the button. But we've just been talking about how he's literally been warring for potentially millennia because well, yeah. his okay. age like fuck yeah. <laughs> but that also lends credence to him still being the doctor yeah in some way because once he realizes that the moment slash rose slash bad wolf whatever is giving him a time out to pardon the phrase he's like okay i can enter this new situation and shed some of that baggage and i'm still a genial adventurer underneath yeah and so when at the end of the episode, he does briefly get to be restored as a doctor. He checks out. Mm, mm. That's nice. Mm. It, really, it really makes me sad when he's at, at the end when he's talking and he's saying basically he has to sacrifice himself in order that these men will exist. I can't remember, I can't remember what the line is, um, but it's something that, like greatness has to cut that. Like, oh, the, great men are forged in fire. And it's the privilege of lesser men to light the flame or something. Yes. Oh, right. Exactly. And he's, he's, he is the lesser man in his eyes. And these two men are so much superior to him. But the whole way through, he's the one who has the idea first. He finds the way out of there. And it takes a while for Matt Smith and Tennant to catch up with him. He's the first one to suggest things all the time. Matt Smith is the first one to realize, oh, hey, it's in my Sonic, though, isn't he? When they're in the room. No, I think... Ah, uh, but he I, is cheap because Rose says no, to him... No, I, yeah. I think actually the moment is the first one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. To tip off the War yeah. Doctor. And then... And then same he, Sonic, yeah. different... Oh, same software, different casing, yeah. or whatever yeah. it is you said. I think yeah. the events of this entire serial are changed because the moment makes it change. Yeah. And, well, the question then is that it's meant to be the sentient device that effectively asks you to justify its use mm. and so is it being fed from the war doctor having reservations and being a good person he's trying to find a way out of it yeah. basically it yeah. has selected as in the moment has selected a form and a function that is just taken from his subconscious yeah very possibly all these hints are as well yeah there are a few things that I don't really understand about how the moment works or what the limits, the, the scope of its, hers, its, it's a computer, yeah. powers are. When John Hurt just disappears, he's having a chat with Clara, he just straight up disappears. Yeah. How does that work? Can the moment just transport itself and its user through space and time. Yeah, it can open up time fissures willy-nilly. It yeah, doesn't need to make a nice whirlpool effect in the sky, though. It can just... And then it's done. Mm. Maybe it's easier to take someone back... Like, he travelled through the wormhole to get there, but you can jump back to your time without a wormhole, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I like the that ultimate scene, weapon created by the ancients of Gallifrey. Yeah. I think Who mastered time travel, so yeah, no, it stands to reason. It has that, very yeah. few limits. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah. she's the ghost of Christmas futures. So. Also. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I love that. I love that scene though. Um, when he disappears and reappears, and he's he's resigned to I have to push a button, I have to do this, and then suddenly they're all there and they're with him, and it's like you don't have to do it on your own. That oh, got, that got me. You know the noise the TARDIS makes. Yeah. Oh that, my god. Oh, I know. Yeah. And the conversation he has with Clara preceding that as well. Yeah. It's like, how did you know? It's in your eyes that yeah. you're you look so much younger than they do. It's yeah. That is good. Yes. Oh. Clara is wonderful in this. Like, she really is. Yeah. She's yeah. not actually a massive part of the kind of greater storyline no, so weaves in and out when she comes in she uh, she has a big impact yeah yeah she does get to say the line prattling mortals off your pop <laughs> <laughs> is this a, oh i'll turn you into a frog <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. i think i can guess marie's reaction it I, was that wasn't it what that giggle yeah <laughs> yeah basically i don't know i feel like she could have done a stronger witch impersonation <laughs> yeah i, I wouldn't have been <laughs> very true. sold by that um it was cute though i don't know i liked it because she's it put re- on the spot and she's well, really it really sold from their point of view all they get is some audio of what yeah. the hell's going on and yeah. we're watching them surrounded by medieval knights and and stuff and she's like you want me to do a witch why why a witch what the hell's going on what? okay doctor fine yeah uh, <laughs> do yeah you know no, I mean, it's good. Great. Off your pop. that's not her best line though oh no what's the best line someday you can just walk past the fez oh! <laughs> i that, like the fez by the way that is her best line and uh, yeah i like the fez the fez which is doing sort of this loop de loop <laughs> i actually noted so it, it goes from current time to 1562 to the war doctor yeah because we see it and then it goes to, to the cur- war doctor first but yeah. we see it out of order we see it out of order. yeah 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 Wait, hang on. Wait, uh, and then <laughs> and, and then right. what? He's right. And yeah, but then, then and then Hurt comes back with it. Doesn't yeah, he? it's basically the first goes first to prove that something can reappear on the other side and it's not going to be destroyed, and then a a doctor follows it. So yeah. Smith throws it and then he follows it and then they throw it again and the War Doctor comes back the, in reverse like the other way oh yeah because they confuse the polarity yes <laughs> that's a that's a great scene as well yeah reverse the polarity you're reversing the reversion of the polarity yeah. <laughs> i liked uh, as well the, the war doctor talks about the screwdrivers it's like they're not weapons you know what yeah. are you gonna do yes. build a cabinet out of them this is one I why are you pointing your screwdrivers like that yes <laughs> they're scientific instruments not water pistols yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're about five minutes where all i did was quote lines yeah where Smith is talking about accents to Tennant. Brave words, Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> Which only someone who knows Tennant is Scottish and hiding his accent yeah, will get. Yeah. But still. Yeah. <laughs> and Tennant has no idea where Smith picks the timey-wimey stuff up. When? Do you remember when it, timey-wimey was first mentioned in Doctor Who? Is it Blink? It's Blink! <gasps> it's on oh, the video. It is. Big ball of timey-wimey... Yes, Whatever. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got, got away from me a bit, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. It did, didn't it? Someone's been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I think the war doctor says as well, are you capable of talking without flapping your hands out? Oh, yes. <laughs> Matt Smith. He's like, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, yes. Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> there were hand gestures there, people, in the podcast. Like. Doesn't really translate to me. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a, a line which is, the entirety of the line is, let's go back to the future. Which I swear must be uh, yeah, reference. Yeah, sure. Well, we have a Back to the Future letter in this episode again. True, we do. Second episode running. True that, Drew. 
Y- uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> okay, little little bits floating around. Mm-hmm. Drew hinted at this in our little bonus, I think. Oh. So the grand plan of not destroying Gallifrey along with the Daleks is pop it into a little pocket of time and then the Daleks will go pew 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 oh. from one side to another because... This is apparently the only place the Daleks are at this time and ever time. And so all the Daleks are gone. Yep, no, a billion billion no. and they're all there. They're throwing everything at Gallifrey. They are all there because they've... Every single one. Yes, because this is what the... Going back right to the beginning, this is why he cannonballed the phrase into the wall and they got told the Doctor is here. And then they were saying, oh, all the Dalek ships are coming. Like, they're all arriving from all time and space. They're coming here because they know the Doctor is here. And they know the prophecy. I'm sure there must be a prophecy somewhere. <laughs> uh, so they desperately want the Doctor dead because they know he ends the time war. So, yeah, I think they have they have all come to kill him off. What, everyone? Yes, what everyone. Mean, yes, everyone. Everyone. Oh, I really wanted to finagle in uh, <laughs> Gary Oldman and Leon. The, yeah, thing, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I was sure is, like, are all the Daleks surrounding the planet and not any of them on the planet? Because have you not just put them all in the pocket universe as well? The oh, pain- flip. Yeah. Yeah. The painting shows Dalek sources just outside the city. Exactly, and we've seen loads of Daleks in on the f- ground running around with the human, like, not humans, Gallifreyans, yeah. Yeah, but well, they would also be frozen, so that it, this isn't necessarily going to solve the problem. It I mean, postpones yeah, the problem but a little bit. now Matt Smith is going looking for them. He's, he's going to go and find well. Gallifrey, but he's going to also find Daleks. He's not just going to be a happy Gallifrey that's peaceful. I think what happens is they spend 400 years in the painting, just painting over the Daleks. <laughs> just etch them all out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've got a magic Dalek eraser. Yeah, just photoshopping the whole city. <laughs> yeah. It is a little silly that if you take out the thing in the middle, then everyone surrounding the planet is just going to blast everyone else yeah. surrounding the well, planet. Well, it's Blink writ large, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, yeah. But it it's, it's nice in Blink because there are four of them <laughs> and there are four sides to the TARDIS, yeah. which yeah. are straight, hot, you know, sides. Yeah. yeah, and in Blink, it's also, even if you see someone in the in your peripheral vision, if they're there, then they are unable to move. Yeah. yeah. This is like, if, if you can train your laser at exactly the Dalek on the other side, like th- this should have been the CGI shot of literally Dalek ship touching Dalek ship touching Dalek ship and encompassing the entire Gal- Gallifrey. You cannot see the planet Gallifrey because there are just Dalek ships around it. Yeah, but even then it wouldn't like it's it's a ca- it's cartoon logic. Oh, yeah. yeah. they should have done is take Gallifrey out and then explode the moment and the moment would have still gone off and done its thing and killed everyone in the vicinity but the Gallifreyans wouldn't be in the vicinity anymore. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah. Or you take out, take the planet out and because it, cre- it creates like a vacuum. It's like you're taking hole. some... Yeah. yeah, and it just yes. sucks in all Wait. the Daleks. Yeah. There is an explosion. Is it meant to be the moment did explode and they just didn't... Maybe write that in dialogue. It. Oh, I don't think so. Well, it's the galaxy eater, right? It's not just a planet eater. It's a galaxy eater. Yeah. Mm. Which we've had in Nightmare and Silver. A galaxy eater. They destroyed a galaxy. Mm-hmm. We've also had a big red button in Journey to the Center of the TARDIS. And we've also had the witch in the well in Hyde. Holy moly. What are you getting at, Drew? Self-referential <laughs> much? <laughs> But no, it's also silly for another complicating factor, which is 13 TARDISes dancing in and out of this supposed, as Jim says, 
Dalek encompassing ball in the lower the TARDISes are in the lower atmosphere so they must be within the Daleks all yeah. encompassing laser fire apparently mm. and there is never a shot of a laser coming anywhere near a TARDIS I don't think the Dalek ships are even in view when you see the Daleks whizzing around are they I think that's shot or the TARDIS the TARDIS is yeah. whizzing around sorry what did I say Daleks <laughs> Yeah, it's, isn't that a CGI shot of just TARDISes and yellow I think you're trails? right, actually, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know what? I don't care because I cried at that scene. Oh my God, me too. When <laughs> all of a sudden the other uh, doctors turn up and the music swells and the faces oh. pop up and we hear their voices. Oh, it was I, glorious. Like, watching this, I enjoyed the hell out of all of it. It's only, it feels nitpicking in a way, but it is a massive issue with the plot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to give this a relatively high mark. Me too. Relatively high mark. I'm not going to change the rating I've given it, I think. You're not. I mean, I'm a little tempted to mark it down a teensy weensy bit. But Oh, we'll see. We'll see. No, now you're convincing me. (laughs) It didn't take much. Segwaying on from getting a little bit teary-eyed from seeing... I know what you're going to say. All of them lined up or whatever. The curator. Yeah. (gasps) I did get teary-eyed. Yeah, same here. Like, I, don't I think know, my two favorite doctors. I don't know why. I, I think genuinely I wouldn't have and didn't first time round. But watching, going through classics of, of Tom Baker and then just seeing them pop up here. Yeah. Yeah, got to me. Yeah, how does it, wait, seriously, how does it feel now? You're, you're getting to know Tom Baker as the doctor yeah. much better now. So I mean, I totally understand why he's the one that people talk about all the time, mm. reviewing all the classics. And totally understand why he gets the honor. massive honor yeah. and cameo to seal the end of this. That's a beautiful line. It says you'll go back and recycle fav- some of the old favorite yeah. faces. That's really sweet. And it's it's a really nice way to think of how the Doctor might spend his last days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah, it's exactly. a nice tie-in because. Elizabeth I did appoint him as the curator of the undergallery over an hour earlier. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> oh, I missed that. <laughs> she did. So he keeps his promises in the end. <laughs> <laughs> the long way around. <laughs> but yeah, I've never watched any classics, mm. despite being on this podcast for quite so long. I never have. I may never. But it's still spine tingling. You know the significance of it. Like this guy was Doctor Who at its peak. And they brought him back and they couldn't do any more. They couldn't do any more for the 50th. They, they left nothing out, did they? They threw yeah. everything they had at this, apart from the one grouch who fell out with the previous showrunner. Everyone else is back. It's as cool as it could possibly be. Hmm. Well, ev- yes, everyone. I mean, everyone else is back, quote unquote. Isn't this sort of the reason why we then also get the Fibish Doctor reboot? Is that because they, they're not in Because McCoy is not in this, Colin Baker is not in this, Davison is not in this. We get to see old footage of them, and I'm assuming the audio is also old audio as opposed to new recordings. Yeah, and maybe Eccleston had a, a deleted few seconds, because... Eccleston is not in this. There is a... No, but there is a clip of him saying something. Oh, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that is true. No, you're... Sorry, you're right, yeah. yeah. You're right. It was already a really long episode. Like, how would you have written all of them, new lines and new Oh, yeah, they'd have been bumbling around in the background. It would have been too much to include everybody. Yeah. So I don't mind that it was just Tom Baker at the end. We did get to see them or someone playing them (laughs) (laughs) just an episode ago. When Clara's, the Clara flashbacks of her visiting all the other Doctors. In fact, that's really nice to follow on from last week because you did get this introduction to all the Doctors and then you see them all coming together again. When they're all standing together. Yeah, yeah. (gasps) 
and you see, and you see. <laughs> the 13th. Oh, 13. I can't do it. 13. 13. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was fine, Tingly, as yeah. well. That was fantastic. That was definitely, at the convention, that was a moment of just everyone cheering. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. they, they had the, they'd announced him already at that point. Yeah. You knew who it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Still, it's nice, though. Yeah. I'd say even the end credits are cool in this episode yeah, yeah they're beautiful yeah. yeah all the faces going through and it's perfectly timed for matt smith to show up just as the the music reaches its crescendo towards yeah. the end it's, yeah and the doctor is credited as being played by all the doctors oh, yeah. that's uh, lovely i didn't spot that yeah, yeah. is is the music different yeah or- and is that again is it a kind of amalgamation of old things or i don't know i i don't pay a super amount of attention to the intros and i don't think i think this is just like the 50th anniversary take on the theme right yeah but But i didn't pay much attention to it it does harken back to a kick into a major key that we haven't had since tenant's time oh okay so there is a tenant echo in the end music there that's very nice oh I have a question. <laughs> okay, go for it. We have tried to sing Clara's theme on this p- podcast so many times. We heard it for about a full hour <laughs> today. Can we do it? Oh. Clara. <laughs> Clara. Clara, I love you. <laughs> How does it go? What? Clara's what? theme, my dear. <laughs> Clara's theme. <laughs> Come on, Murray. You love Clara. Do this for her. Do this for JC. Don't know Jenna Coleman, I mean. Don't know if I can. Write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. I liked how much credit Clara got at the end. Everyone is doing their goodbye speeches and they're all thanking what you think is the doctor for being so great and then they all turn to clara and shake her hand instead and it's like oh yeah clara, clara does a great job actually she yeah get that pat on the back yeah the war doctors one was particularly nice yeah. if i'm half the person you are clara half, half, no, the, man. I said half the man yeah. you oh, are it did. Yeah. did say yeah ba, so you assume it's uh ba, 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 ba. oh there we go Spot on. <laughs> Did it. <laughs> one take, one take. We're going to run into trouble because the iTunes algorithm will pick that up as a soundbite. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, can, you can Shazam that and it will download it to your phone. We haven't discussed who of the three doctors on show is our favourite. And I don't think we've discussed Tenant's return nearly enough. Oh, right. Yeah, no, that is fair. Well, take it away. He hasn't actually been out of Doctor Who that long. It's only been three years. Well, how long was Tenant Doctor? From 2006 to 10, so okay. a good four, bordering on five. But the, Yeah, but there's a massive chunk of time during which there was no Doctor Who as well. Yeah. The the years of Planet of... Don't say the name. No, it's yeah. fine. Just the, the specials. The, the specials, specials. The year of the specials. Yeah. Thank you, Marie. Yes, exactly. You're right. The, the year of their mum tells them their specials. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but in times of Doctor sense, like he's basically, he's in right at the end of his sequel Doctor. Like it is, yeah. a, lo- it is a long time. Yeah. 
It's an entire doctor's time. Yep, it's long enough for Smith to forget how many billions of Gallifreyan children died. Yeah. <sighs> would, you, oh, would you forget that number? It's a fairly... It's not even a very complicated number, is it? 2.41 no. billion. Yeah. Well, actually, I have forgotten it. Oh. But, <laughs> but I didn't kill them in my defense. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have 2.47 written down. Okay. Close. 24-7. Ooh. Ooh. Mnemonic device. <laughs> if only he had that, he wouldn't have forgotten them. <laughs> I, I have a minor issue with the focusing on children as being the only casualty that's worth caring about mm. yeah which is what they play quite heavily in yeah this. it's like innocents are innocents yeah ex- exactly tons of civilians what about all the gallifreyan yeah the, like the farmers the philosophers Adults, yeah. the, the, people the people who that were, were about to get married or yeah. or go on to li- like anyone who did not hold a laser lives. rifle yeah 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 and what what about the person that was a child and was then an adult and led an entirely good life and is now 90. Yeah. And is like, is that not a horrible thing as well? Anyway. <laughs> it, it pulls on the heartstrings. It suckers a load of people to go, oh my God, but why, think yeah, of the children. But why couldn't oh. it have just been the number of Gallifreyans that died rather yeah. than the number of children that died? Yeah. That would have had as much of an impact. More so, because it would have been a much higher figure. Yeah. Yeah, someone's got to be filming the children dancing around that Gallifreyan maypole. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And those maypoles don't make themselves. No, they don't. And child labour is not as good as it used to be. (laughs) In that that maypole scene, we mentioned this before pressing record, and I know that you, Drew, had something to add to this as well, but in that maypole scene, you get to see a, a lot of just gratuitous clips of kids being innocent kids, and one of them is holding a bunny toy. Yes. Are there Gallifreyan bunnies? Where do you think the Easter Bunny came from? Why? Why are there bunnies on Gallifrey? Why can't there be bunnies on Gallifrey? Because they're bunnies. They're not Gallifreyan. Gallifreyans look like humans. Why can't there be animals on their planet that look like earthling animals? Maybe they've got magical powers. That's why. Oh yeah, this isn't a bunny. This is a Gnarflex. This is why (laughs) Tennant thought that the bunny was a Zygon in Elizabethan times. Because bunnies in his world are like intelligent creatures. Yeah. I don't think so. Worth taking over. Yeah. lead terribly painful lives because despite their intelligence they're just like dragged around by their sleeve by kids dancing around maypoles they're just like fuck no I want to debate string theory (laughs) (laughs) I've got a quantum mechanics book to write damn it (laughs) I was writing a sonnet (laughs) stop dragging me around this depiction of Gallifrey as basically the space Cotswolds did lead me to wonder how racist are the Time Lords? Massively. Be- because on other planets in space, most notably in the Akartan system, you mm-hmm. see a whole host of alien races. There's souks replete with a whole encyclopedia, a whole vindex of aliens. But have we ever seen an extraterrestrial on Gallifrey except a companion of the Doctors? We have... Oh, that's a super interesting question because we have very recently reviewed a classic serial that took place on Gallifrey. Uh-huh. Ahead of which uh, Sarah Jane, can't remember what, oh, this is the Deadly Assassin. Yeah, so ahead yeah. of the Deadly Assassin, Sarah Jane Smith, one of the, if not the most popular classic who companion, left the show. And part of the reason she, quote unquote, had to leave the show was because non-Gallifreyans are not permitted to go to Gallifrey. Oh, yeah, that was true. Hmm. Oh, Oh, well. Yeah. Wow. Racist bastards. Exactly. 
That's why you only see Gallifreyans there. Is it for fear that we'll steal their technology? I have no idea. Maybe we'll find out later on. But... I mean, we are basically Zygons to them, mm. aren't we? Because, I mean, we've only Wait, got why? a singular cardiovascular system, but otherwise we look like them in every way. Oh. We are basically infiltrators. Uh, I see. Which is why the doctor's love for us is so taboo. Okay, but, the, but the doctor can identify when he comes across a Gallifrey and he knows that they're Gallifrey and... And well, usually because of their silly collars. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you had to go through that doorway sideways. Okay. <laughs> I think I'd always imagined the number of Gallifreyans was quite small and that you all just knew each other. Because if you, if you live for as long as they do, then you don't need as many of you. I got another cool piece of sort of trivia, which is that when they are entering the chairman of the board scene, whatever it was, the board of directors scene, <laughs> and they say the high council has their own plan going on, and we don't get to see anyone on the high council. Do you know why that is? No. Because concurrently, Rassilon, aka Timothy Dalton, and that lot are trying to move Gallifrey to Earth in the end of time. <gasps> this is all happening at exactly the same time as that. What? Wait, are they trying to do that because of the time war? Is that... Yeah. Yeah. Oh! And it all hangs together. It all fits. <gasps> That's clever. How cool is that? That's really cool. And at the same time as Tennant is on Gallifrey doing all this stuff, yep. Tennant is also on Earth doing all that stuff. Yep. Pointing a pistol at anyone in the room. <laughs> Flinging himself out of spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to save Bernard Cribbins. <laughs> That's a very cool connection. Wait, so is is that the one where Tennant dies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his. It's the end. Is it? Wait, is it the last one or the, the end second of time last part one? Two is his swan song. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, bingo bongo. The only problem with that scene is that it's undercut by the general. When you notice this, you can't unsee it. The general, who's talking about, no, he's a madman. After every sentence, his he just his method of acting is to let his mouth hang open oh. at the end of every <laughs> sentence. It's incredibly <laughs> distracting. Oh. Maybe that's why I kept ex expecting him to say, with a box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. Where to begin? I know where to begin. I've got a, I've got a list. <laughs> this episode is nostalgia ridden for me. Not, not only pertaining to the 50th anniversary, the, the convention. I remember seeing this episode very, very vividly. And it, it stands out for obvious reasons, more so than other New Who episodes. But it also is, it's nostalgia ridden in terms of all of Doctor Who, of 50 years of Doctor Who. We've, we get part of the original intro. We get to see all the Doctors. We have the script. Scrapyard, Coal Hill, Bad Wolf, Reverse the Polarity, yada, yada, yada. Roundels in the console room. We didn't talk about that. How beautiful was that? The curator, for goodness sake. We get Stuarts in there with kegels and photos and companions past. But in addition to all this nostalgia, this is also a solid, really, really good episode, I feel. And one that, again, and it has, this time it actually has been a while since I said this the last time. One that uses time travel as a, a part of the, the plot, and it does so really, really well. It, it Take the Fez as an example of the complexity of how things get bumped back and forth and, and looped around history in this episode. Plus, mix in the Zygon plot to invade the future via paintings. That just That's <laughs> wonderful. Further on the production values, war scenes, a little bit Star Wars-y and incredibly impressive. The moment, how clever is that? Anyway, okay, I could go on with uh, on and on and on about all this, but the 
focusing on the doctors for a second, I loved them. The chemistry, we talked about this very briefly, the chemistry between Smith and Tennant in particular, when, when their moves, their mannerisms are synced up, they're admiring each other's glasses or they're measure, they have their sonic measuring competition or, <laughs> you know, it's perfect. They are wonderful and they work together really well. And mixing in Hurt in that or, or the War Doctor, those three are so good together on screen that I will happily explore the War Doctor audiobooks, but I'm sad that there aren't more capers for these three as a trio to get involved in. I'd love to see more of that. Uh, also really enjoyed seeing their different TARDISes. Very nice. Last positive of, he, uh, of this list, just a quote. I believe this was Cagles uh, saying, think of it, Americans with the ability to rewrite history. <laughs> it's pretty nice. You've uh, seen their movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This made me think of very recently, I, I'm, I'm re-watching all of Community again, and I was thinking of the American version of Professor Spacetime, which is the obvious take on Doctor Who and that, which is just like, oh, yeah, no, I can see how that would happen <laughs> if Doctor Who were remade by Hollywood. Or indeed Fox. Or, or indeed Fox, <laughs> yeah. Only a couple of negatives here. Why the balls would they fly the TARDIS across all of London in the intro? That does drag down the intro just a teeny tiny bit. And I think the gun graffiti by uh, the War Doctor is it's pretty naff, I think. Uh, but it doesn't matter. I, I gave this a very, very high ranking before stepping into this, this review. And you know what? You guys have talked me down a little bit. You guys have talked oh. me down maybe point one. <laughs> But I've now taught myself back point one, <laughs> so I'm going to give this 5.0. Oh. <laughs> Hello. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I love this episode. I haven't, I haven't cried at New Who in a long time, and I got so emotional watching this episode. I, I'm, I'm well aware that I am basing this on bias, but I don't care. I love this. 5.0. I'm going to watch it right now. Fuck you guys. You said you, <laughs> you said you Welcome back, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Marie. I thought you cried last week. No, today. Oh, also maybe. What was last week? I don't know, but Drew was the only one who didn't cry last week. I was, yeah. yeah. We all put our hands up. What was last week's? Oh, name of the... Oh, of the okay, yeah, fine. So it's been a week, but aside from that... <laughs> <laughs> Can we can we just put to bed rumours that the only reason we rate things out of five is so on the fifty if you could do a five point zero. <laughs> <laughs> right, who's next? I'm not following that. <laughs> Marie? Okay, oh, give it a go. <laughs> um, oh, oh, that's really thrown me. I wasn't expecting <laughs> you to do that. <laughs> Marie can't go higher than that. You've left her nowhere to Where go. Where am I going to go? <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, no, I basically agree with everything you've just said. Um, yeah, the doctor, I was really sad that the doctors, like, I want to watch a series of um, Tennant and Smith just hanging out, being doctors on their own. They're so fab. Um, and yeah, John Hurt and just everything. They're fantastic. We haven't talked enough about Clara. Clara was um, was amazing. I mean, she's all emotional and she's watching the Doctor and we, the the scene with John Hurt and she's talking to him and then suddenly she's talking to her Doctor and, and she's crying and she suddenly, somehow makes him change his mind and changes the whole 
wherever Gallifrey was going and the war and everything, she just changes the course of history because she's really, really awesome. Um, and it's fantastic. And I've forgotten everything else I was going to say because <laughs> Leanna shocked me so much. Um, Sorry. But um, no, like we said at the beginning, it, it, the beginning was a very slow start. Or it was a very naff start, I thought. It was very cheesy. I didn't really love it, but it just kept building and building and building and building. And as Drew said before, it's exactly the right way to do it. And so it ends on a high. It was such a powerful ending. And actually the 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 final, final ending with Tom Baker and the hints about Gallifrey and it's out there and you succeeded. Like that could have been left dangling and been picked up way, way in the future. But actually to end the series with this kind of teaser of what's to come next. That is really interesting because I am excited to go back to Gall and find Gallifrey and see what's happened to it and see where everyone is. And he's not the last of the Time Lords anymore that he's been thinking he has been for all these years. He's managed to change history and save his homes. And yeah, I don't know what else to say. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. But I don't, I don't forgive the first half as much as Leon does. So I'm not going to go as high as Leon, but I'm just going to be very high still. But I think maybe I'm going to go for a, a four point six oh i had 4.7 okay. uh, i knew i could sense you i could sense you willing me to do a 4.7 like, no i won't be swayed <laughs> but yeah just absolutely stonking acting all around by everyone fantastic fantastic show bravo oh yes bravo, bravo. <laughs> and bravo marie <laughs> jim drew i can go next if you like go around the table cool 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 it is a little bit cheesy to begin with, like Marie's said. But then for the next 70 minutes, it's almost entirely gripping across all its many times and sequences within those times. The 3D paintings and stasis cube concepts are tricky things, and we've had a go at them, but they're almost perfectly deployed. As a 50th anniversary episode, one that wraps up the entire history of New Who to this point, and which skirts around Eccleston's refusal of involvement, could this really be any better? The visuals are constantly iconic. The production values are sky high. John Hurt's arc, the War Doctor's arc, and its poignancy truly make the most of time streams and memory loss and all this wibbly wobbly. It's like the Doctor Who version of the time traveler's wife, just <laughs> compressed into this amazing English actor. Billy Piper, though, is not quite as good as the Doctor's wife in an extremely similar role. She even gets the past and future mixed up, which I think is a callback. And a lot of callbacks in this episode to previous episodes make you think, oh, another reference, how great. But that one, I think, makes this one come off worse in that regard. And while we're on the subject of women, and I said this would come back to bite me eventually, Tennant constantly underestimates Queen Elizabeth or flat out insults her when he's saying your horsey breath and all That's that true. business. And as he does that, you just know that it's the real Liz. Mm. And... And so we're ahead of him. And that, I suppose, is fine. But he doesn't learn anything. And I think... He gets away with it. Yeah, he does get away with it. And she never gets angry, as she has every right to, as the Queen of England, and just a woman slighted, or a person slighted. I do think criticisms have been leveled against Moffat and his writing of women, and I think they are visible here. And the body of a weak and feeble woman line was just shoehorned in. Abby wanted me to say that. Wait, it was who, just shoehorned sorry, in. Sorry, you mentioned that before. Who says that line? Queen Elizabeth in history in relation to the Spanish Armada and in this episode. Okay. Yeah. And Queen Elizabeth in Blackadder. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Blackadder reference, by the way. Did you catch the uh, friction contrafibrillator? I Made did Made a not. reappearance in this one. Oh. That is another thing about this episode. You could rewatch it four or five times 
and it would remain enjoyable and you would still be picking up things and references that <laughs> are buried in it because i got to hand it to moffat those two or three criticisms aside this one actually is brilliant the man who regrets the man who forgets is finally a decent rhyme and i've been waiting for one for so long <laughs> and it's finally here and the clever clever that he crams in perhaps how it does any sherlock episode which i've rewatched most of recently and it's not often i say this excellent use of the sonic oh 4.8 oh nice that leaves me then i suppose doesn't it go for it well we've pretty much said it haven't we i think i think we're in agreement that this is stonkingly good it's just a question of how much you let the niggly things get to you i suppose because yes everyone said it the start is a little bit naff and Mm -hmm. we've talked about the ending being a little bit naff in in the sense that resolving the time war by taking Gallifrey out of the bubble and supposedly the Daleks then just killed themselves or whatever. Mm. It's just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of like it in a way because Daleks just continuously pop up through Doctor Who and this maybe is why because <laughs> this was not a very good idea. <laughs> We're just lucky they didn't go and destroy everything, really. But it is wonderful. We've got so many good interplays. Like Marie was waxing lyrical about Clara and, you know, I'd, I'd like to do the same. She, she is great. She, uh, you didn't actually mention the, how she outwits the Zygons and just takes the time gauntlet and comes back. And then she walks through the unlocked door, which the doctors <laughs> have been trying to unlock. And, you know, but it's just... It's when just when they're calling themselves really seriously brilliant. Yeah, they've, <laughs> they've come up with an ingenious solution, which comes from the moment, unfortunately. But, you know... Yeah. They, they've had a wonderful way of getting themselves out of it and then it's subverted entirely by Clara just walking through and it, yeah. it's comedy to counteract intelligence and yeah, it's, there's a lot of that going on in this, this episode. It's well written, it's well acted, it's well presented. We talked about the gorgeous 3D paintings and I could just pause here and just admire it in my head, closing my eyes. Oh, there it is. Great radio, <laughs> <laughs> Great radio. <laughs> Everyone else closed their, night, their eyes as they did it and pictured it too. Didn't you podcast land? Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> There's some weird little sidelines in a way that we get an Osgood thrown in and we know it's going to be a recurring character. I think you kind of sense that and it, maybe she's not in it as much as she should have been all this kind of stuff. But I didn't give a shit watching this. Like I enjoyed the hell out of it. And then we get Tom Baker at the end. Like it's, it's just that like we've already had the perfect ending in a way. We've had all this interplay with the doctor and the doctor and the doctor and it's been wonderful throughout and then that's just like the icing on well the cherry on top i suppose at the end of it and yeah i can't help but love it with a little bit of niggle here and there so it's a 4.7 from me i predicted that (laughs) (laughs) excellent awesome i have to say loads of your two points i had written down but i was too flabbergasted by leon to (laughs) remember any of them But no, but the the comedy was spot on and the tragedy was spot on and I laughed more than I've laughed and I cried more than I've cried uh, for a long time. It was such a good balance, I think. (laughs) It's not our turn to carry on. It's podcast lands. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max to 50, or it would get out of hand. Writer Rooney and 50th anniversary cheesecakes. It is time for the listener mini review section of this podcast episode. Appropriately enough, we have five. Yes, indeed. And And no more. (laughs) 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 And we're starting, first out of the gate, with... Star Wars Hill, Star Wars Hill, Star Wars Hill. 
Hello, Star Wars Zill. Love you, Star Wars Zill. Hi, Star Wars Zill. Hello. <laughs> Marie, would you like to kick us off? Yeah, please do. I will. I will start you off, actually. Star Wars Zill begins with a question. How did the Doctor and Clara get out of his time stream? Last we saw, they were stuck in it together. And now they seem all fine and casual and not stuck. River suggests that going into the time stream would be disastrous, but apparently not. So maybe we didn't need to have River and Vastra worried about them going in last episode. Dialogue to make the viewer worried, but without payout. Blech. I agree with all of that, but I feel like that's a criticism of the last episode. Yes, true. Did they not get out? Did they not get out of the time stream in the in the last episode? No, he's just carrying her away. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well. Star Wars still liked the rabbit and the tenth Doctor's bewilderment about the fez at his feet. Mm-hmm. In this episode, says Star Wars still, we learn what the oath was the Doctor made when claiming the name Doctor. So now we know what Doctor means, and silence did not fall again. <laughs> Third time's the charm. I seem to remember more silence talk in the next episode, the Christmas episode. They have one more chance to make me think. The original question plot isn't meaningless. In spite of this, Star Wars sources, um, I did enjoy this episode more than I did the first time I watched it. So there's that. And I cheered aloud when Capaldi showed up. Woo-hoo. Something I wasn't expecting. Apparently, I like the Twelfth Doctor more than I thought I did. And Star Wars still rates this 2.5. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Diggles to boss. Excellent mini Star Wars still. <laughs> Here's my friend who doesn't agree with me. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't get those springs up? Are you sure it's not a 5.2? <laughs> excellent, excellent stuff. Thank you so much for sending that in. If people who are not Star Wars Seal, Fred not you can follow Star Wars Seal on Twitter. Star Wars Seal can be found at Star Wars Seal. We did it. We did. Okay, podcast is over. Dropping the mic. We did it. <laughs> Star Wars Seal. Sorry, so tempted to keep singing that at that point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Next up, we have Trenton Blairs. Hello, Trenton. Hey there, Trenton. Hi, Trenton. It's the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, says Trenton. This one needs more than 250. Sorry, Trenton, you just used out your first 13. <laughs> You're getting another 237. <laughs> While some will say Day of the Doctor is one of the best, I'm not so sure. I think it has the same issues that I have with Blink. It's pretty overrated. I think a few people will agree that it's overrated now. Ah, see your friend who agrees with Trenton. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it was so good. Yay! The Zygons were well done. It was nice to see a classic series villain done well in the modern day. All the references in this episode were well placed. The Tom Baker cameo was also well placed too. John Hurt played the War Doctor to perfection. This Doctor fought for centuries in the war. The war robbed him of everything. This Doctor grew old fighting. He saw terrible things. Terrible, terrible things. And he was so close to destroying everything he cared about. John Hurt played a tragic, war-torn Doctor, and he did it so well. David Tennant was all right. Still not a huge fan of his era anymore. But he was good here in what should be during his pre-end of time tour. Plus the whole stuff of Queen Elizabeth set up in 2007 finally got a backstory on screen. How often does that happen? Almost never. Clara and Eleven was okay. 
Uh, I'm still not a huge fan of this pairing. Clara is still making goo-goo eyes at the Doctor, but I liked her here more than in previous episodes. She wasn't unbearable like she was in previous episodes. And I'm afraid your 250 words have now run out, Trenton. Really, really sorry. Uh, but this is an excellent mini slash maxi review. And Podcastland, please, please go to whobackone.com, find this episode, and read it in its full splendor. We will jump to Trenton's rating, though. So, to conclude, Trenton says it may be overrated, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. 3.7 out of 5. Mm-mm. Thank you very much, Trenton. People who are not Trenton, follow Trenton at. Trenton Bless. That's blessed with two what's, Jim? Uh, little lines in the sand to show that there was a statue here before. Marvellous. <laughs> Next up, we have... <gasps> new reviewer theme. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Welcome aboard, Simon Burrows. And let's dig right in, then. Oh, it's uh, me, it's me, sorry. No, pick up on the Jim. pun. Oh, Jesus. Oh, brilliant. <sighs> Simon Burrows begins his first ever listener mini with... In keeping with the increasingly prevalent parodying of the classic Monty Python Life of Brian Roman sketch, my contribution to your discussion around the Doctor Who 50th anniversary celebrations can be summed up as follows. Other than writing one of the most beautiful love letters ever committed to the screen, celebrating all that is good in the world of Doctor Who fandom, bringing together millions of people across the globe as one, regardless of race, colour, creed or geographical location, and in doing so giving us the geek cult demicolon of a World Cup final, and at the same time making us laugh and cry and jump for joy and giggle at that chroma dating joke? What has Stephen Moffat ever done for us? Keep up the amazing work. Say, love you long time fan. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's, who's keeping up the amazing work? Is that uh, Moffat I, or us? I read yeah. that as Moffat and then when I said it out loud I was like, oh, I think that might be named at us. <laughs> I hope it was aimed at us. If it was, thank you, Simon. I, I love the format of your mini as well, Simon. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, it, it, welcome aboard. Welcome, welcome. Very happy to be traveling down the temporal road with you, Simon. Nice one. Thank you, Simon. And next up we have Kyle Rath. Hello, Kyle. For the second time this evening. The, the sinister. Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I ruined it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kyle begins. The Doctor, the Doctor, and the Doctor meets up in the 16th century to work out some lingering issues related to multiracial genocide. Along the way, they swap spit with an evil starfish from space, gain a deeper appreciation for the Gallifreyan pre-postmodernist art movement, and unlock the greatest secret in the universe. The wooden door. Actually, that last bit was Clara. Fucking Clara. <laughs> oh. Kyle! Language. <laughs> for the most part, says Kyle, I thought it was okay. It didn't quite represent the show's heritage, but Moffat packed it with enough Doctor who stuff that even six years later left us with an enjoyably nostalgic experience. Things have changed since the 50th, so much so it often feels like we're in a different universe. The feelings I felt watching this special take me back to what I felt when I first discovered the show. Maybe that's what Moffat intended. I don't have the same feelings when watching the show as it is now. Is it just me, or am I simply looking for jumping sharks that aren't really there? Not just you. <laughs> <laughs> We're unlikely to experience another coming together of all those Doctors Who. Maybe, but I'm not holding my breath. But for now, for this moment, they were the Doctors. And there can't possibly be any more things left to retcon, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Carl gives this a score of 
3.7 out of 5. More than okay, but not nearly okay enough. Hashtag 250 words is not enough. Hashtag Big Fittish could do it right. Excellent stuff. Oh, that's very clever. Cramming loads of words into a single word <laughs> of a hashtag. <laughs> Carl, you genius. You found the loophole. Sneaky. <laughs> Clever guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Kyle. People who are not Kyle can follow Kyle. Head on over to Twitter and find him at Sinister Super Spy. That's super without any vowels. And congrats again, Kyle. Very soon to be a granddad. Next up, Michael Ridgeway. Ridgeway. Love <laughs> you, Michael. Hello, you're so big. Hey, Michael. <laughs> right, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> So Michael begins with some likes. Uh, he likes the return of the Zygons, particularly the they're still in the room moment. I don't know where that voice came from. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Time war flashbacks. Reversing the reversing of the polarity of the neutron flow or mm. the reversing of the polarity of the neutron flow. <laughs> <laughs> no, 13. <laughs> I still can't do it. Oh, true. <laughs> no, 13. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, and the great curator. Legend. <laughs> I'm guessing Baker ad-libbed. Oh, oh, do you think? Very possibly. Mm, that's nice. But Michael won't be raising this at 5.0 because here come a list of beefs. First beef. <laughs> why bother invading modern day over Elizabethan Earth? What modern amenities do the Zygons need exactly? Mm, good question. Flushing toilets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, wait. <laughs> That's not trivial. <laughs> Question answered. I think this was rhetorical, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Next beef was how could the Zygons not realize this was the real Elizabeth? Sisters of God! God. <laughs> Levels of stupidity. Yeah, agreed. Uh, next one. How can you forget you're a Zygon? I call bullshit. Remember you're a Zygon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Remember, remember, remember what a Zygon, Zygon, Zygon you are. <laughs> Uh, Michael also didn't like the Eccleston-shaped hole in this episode. Michael also didn't like. That is not an effective use of a salbutamol inhaler. The breathing is wrong, and you usually need to take two puffs every four hours. Also, it's the United Nations Intelligent Task Force. God damn it. It's just supposed to be a screwdriver. God damn it. And a retcon. The War Doctor as a full-on evil doctor who gouges out people's eyeballs for a laugh and wears victims' testicles as a necklace. <laughs> Find them on Etsy. <laughs> Michael's summary is, nevertheless, holy moly. <laughs> and the rating, 4.9 out of 5. Tears of joy as all the doctors came to save Gallifrey. Clearly the seventh doctor made the critical difference and an inched the plan over the line. Clearly. <laughs> Such a good fellow. <laughs> Spiffing mini review as always, Michael. Thank you so much. People who are not Michael, follow Michael on Twitter. Tell him hi. He can be found at bad underscore movie underscore club. No more. Underscore. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. There are people out there who aren't all on the four point something train. Hmm. Yeah. Either you're completely swept away by this, very, very, very nearly completely swept away, or it's just a big long episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, indeed. It is a very long episode if you're not swept away by it, though. Isn't oh, it? Yeah. yeah. If you just if you watch the intro and it's like, 
Oh, for fuck's sake. Why is he hanging out of the TARDIS over London? <laughs> yeah. And then you're just like, no one. We're gonna Change the channel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Gavin and Stacey. Who's that Stacey character? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. They're not going to have anybody else hang out the TARDIS anytime soon over a city, I'm sure. Ready? Again? We'll get to that. Oh, no. Right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what are we getting to next? Excellent question. Well, on the new Who front, which is uh, which we're going to be tackling before we tackle a classic Who, uh, we have the very, very last of Matt Smith in the time of the Doctor. Correct, Amundo. We will also be looking at. Uh, this is a slight correction to the the list of episodes that we we mentioned in the last review. Rescheduling. We're going to continue our 50th anniversary celebrations with the Five-ish Doctors reboot. And, bonus episode... An adventure in space and time. And somewhere there in between will fit in an audio who review with... Situation vacant. Kablamatron. Eventually we'll get to classics again, and at that point it will be... The talons of Wing Jiang. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> You guys get more uncomfortable saying that every week. <laughs> Mostly because I'm never sure if it's the right title. I'm also very afraid to review it. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched it yet, but I have a feeling that it is going to be redonkulously racist. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I laughing? Uh, in, in, in the meantime... <laughs> In the meantime, you can say hello to us on Twitter, mostly. Marie, you are not on Twitter, correct? No. Oh, that is a shame. But fret not, Podcast Land. Send an email to whobackwhen at gmail.com and we will pass your messages to Marie along. Drew. You can count my tweety blessings at Drew Back When. Oh, excellent branding. Uh, Jim? I'm at Jimmy the Who. Jimmy the what now, sorry? I said that quite clearly. It was Jimmy the Who. <laughs> I see. Excellent. Excellent. And I'm at Pumpkin. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next time, rock on. Be rad next to each other. And ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye bye. See ya. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of Who Back When. Tell your friends. But I've got no friends. No problemo. Tell some strangers. Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash whobackwhen. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at whobackwhen. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit. Listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao Who back when?